welcome to the Early Roots Podcast. This episode is all about prevention. I get asked by a lot of families that I work with, what are some things that they can do to prevent their other or future children from having retained reflexes and developmental delays? And I'll use this episode to dive into what I tell them. And it's going to build on one of my earlier episodes about complications and risk factors. And if you haven't heard that one yet, it goes into depth on why certain experiences and certain things are risk factors for developmental delays, which is obviously very helpful if you want to know what you can do to prevent or avoid some of those risk factors. That being said, it's important to realize that many of these things are just out of our control. You can take me for an example. I am very aware of all of the risk factors and things to do to prevent developmental delays. And when I was pregnant with my son, I, of course, did all of them. And he is almost two and still struggling to integrate his startle reflex. So just know that you can make all of the quote-unquote right decisions and still not have control over the outcome. But I will get into the things that you do have control over and some of the most important areas to focus on if this is something that you're concerned about. So let's look at the beginning and what parents can do before they even get pregnant. And if you heard my complications episode, you may remember me talking about certain conception risk factors. Now, keep in mind that a risk factor isn't definitive. So the brain is very adaptive, and most kids are going to experience multiple risk factors before they experience any long-term consequences. But certain things like infertility and threatened miscarriages are risk factors. And this is because natural conception is a really complex process that requires the cooperation of two healthy systems, both mom and dad. And mom's physical and hormonal health are particularly important before conception. And if you want to reduce risk factors before pregnancy, mom should focus on getting themselves as physically health- healthy as possible. And, even more importantly, on reducing their stress load. It's not helpful if you get hyper fixated on your physical health and drive yourself crazy. So finding a good balance of physical and mental health before conception is a really great place to start. And this theme is going to hold true all the way through pregnancy and infancy. So physical and mental health, both before and during pregnancy, are hugely impactful on the baby's development. And I want to start with mom's mental health because it is probably the biggest contributor to baby's mental health. And during a pregnancy, a mother's nervous system dictates how their baby's nervous system will develop and function. So a mom who is experiencing a lot of anxiety during pregnancy will have a baby whose nervous system is more sensitive and reactive to stress. And after birth, mothers with high anxiety are more likely to have trouble creating secure attachments with their babies. And babies are particularly sensitive to emotions, and they learn how to interact with the world based on their early relationships and attachments. And as children get older, a mother with uncontrolled anxiety tends to pass that outlook onto her children. Also, this often negatively impacts her relationship with dad. They are more likely to experience marital conflict, separation, or divorce, and unresolved marital conflict is a huge source of anxiety for children. So it's easy to see how a mother's mental health can cascade into big problems later on as her children get older and older. Now, if you're a mom who is already prone to anxiety and you hear this, it's probably not helping you to feel better. 
And it's really important to remember that taking steps towards good mental health have the same spiral effect in a positive direction. So children are very resilient, and even taking small steps to treat anxiety can have huge positive effects on your own feelings, on your relationship with your spouse, and on your relationship with your children. So if there is one thing to focus on to prevent developmental delays, I would always recommend maternal mental health. And I will link some of my favorite resources for anxiety. Um, Dr. Psych Mom has a ton of resources in a lot of different states, and this is one of her specialties. I don't work with parents in this area, but it's a topic that I'm very interested in. And if it's something that you struggle with, there are a lot of avenues to take to get treatment. Um, You can start with a physical checkup that includes lab work to make sure that there aren't any underlying physical deficiencies. Even things like iron and not enough fats can affect your mental health. Um, There's also lots of different types of therapies that can be helpful. So cognitive behavior therapy um, with a trauma-informed therapist can be really helpful. EMDR, brain spotting can also be hugely helpful. Uh, prescription medications in conjunction with therapy can be really, really helpful for some moms. And I've recently been seeing some very promising research on the use of psychedelic substances in combination with therapy for a lot of different health problems, um, anxiety being one of them. And honestly, if it were me, I would start with an individual therapist who utilizes psychedelics in conjunction with therapy. I think that this is a really, really promising area, and I think it's likely to be kind of the future of mental health treatment. But if that's a little too out there for you, then a traditional therapist is a great place to start, particularly if they incorporate other things like brain spotting. That can be super helpful. So let's jump back to pregnancy health. The other important factor is physical health. So during pregnancy, moms are building a whole person, and that includes their nervous system. And it's important to get plenty of good nutrition. This helps make sure the baby gets everything that they need to develop properly. But during pregnancy, babies have a way of kind of siphoning off the nutrients that they need. So getting good nutrition is really as important, if not more important for mom, than it is for baby. And the other thing that good nutrition helps with is it prevents a lot of the types of health problems that contribute to developmental delays. So if you remember in that risk factors episode, I talked about things like preeclampsia and uncontrolled diabetes being a risk factor. Really any major physical health problem on mom's part is going to be a risk factor. And getting a lot of good nutrition can help prevent some of these problems. And health problems in pregnancy are also more likely to lead to other risk factors, things like inductions, birth trauma, vacuum and forceps delivery, and a cesarean. So these are all different risk factors, and you can see how poor nutrition and poor physical health can also lead into that kind of negative spiral. And this leads me to another really important prevention factor during pregnancy, and that is your care providers. So the place where you decide to give birth and the care providers you choose are going to be the number one factor for whether or not you will experience certain birth complications like a cesarean. There are certain hospitals in the U.S. that have a 50, 60, or even 70% C-section rate. And this isn't because 70% of women need a C-section. It's because the hospital is either performing a lot of unnecessary surgeries 
or because they're providing a type of care that leads to a lot of complications and necessary cesareans. And if you don't already know, I'm a certified midwives assistant and I have worked in midwifery care for over 10 years. I've attended hundreds of births in homes, hospitals, and birth centers, and provided thousands of hours of prenatal and postpartum care. And I was trained under the midwifery model of care, which is a model that focuses on prevention of problems and every aspect of a mother's health and well-being. And the goal of this model of care is to safely lower intervention rates and improve both immediate and long-term health outcomes for moms and babies. Now, there are plenty of doctors that practice this type of care. It isn't exclusive to midwives, but this type of care is an important factor when we're talking about prevention. The midwifery model of care goes a long way in preventing um, and reducing complications and intervention. So if you're pregnant and wanting to reduce your child's risk factors, then a supportive, low-intervention care provider is key. Aside from being proactive about your own mental health, your choice in care provider is probably the next best thing that you can do for prevention. Now remember that primitive reflexes develop during pregnancy. They are solidified during the birth process, and then they integrate within the first year. And some of them, like the Moro reflex, should disappear within the first several months. So the most important preventative things are likely going to take place during pregnancy and birth. But there are some things that you can do after birth in order to work through reflexes. Babies need time moving and using their body. It is a movement and motor development that helps them work through their reflexes and move into the next phase of development. So young infants need plenty of time on their tummies on the floor. They should spend limited amounts of time confined to swings or seats that prevent them from moving. And the exception to this is baby wearing. So a baby that is being worn still gets a fair amount of vestibular stimulation and movement because whoever is wearing them is moving. It can also be helpful as they get a little bigger and develop control of their head because they are able to move their head around while their body stays confined. This helps them naturally work through some of the reflexes that are triggered when they move their head. I also always recommend body work for infants, things like chiropractic care and craniosacral therapy. I don't know that we have any actual research that supports these two things specifically helping with retained reflexes, but from what I know about reflexes and those therapies, I strongly suspect that they are very helpful especially if you had a baby that experienced complications with their birth or any physical trauma during the birth process. Chiropractic care helps the whole nervous system to function smoothly and work together. It also helps babies to be able to use their bodies effectively and move properly. Craniosacral directly targets the nervous system and also helps the body work more effectively. I also worked with a midwife in Oklahoma who did craniosacral on a lot of newborns. She told me once that she saw a lot of babies born by cesarean who went through the cardinal movements of birth while they were doing craniosacral therapy. And to explain what that is, there are very specific movements called cardinal movements that babies make when they're born vaginally. These movements are controlled by the primitive reflexes, and it helps to strengthen them and prep their nervous system to function outside of the womb. It also helps them to begin to adapt to gravity and kind of a full sensory world. And babies born by cesarean miss out on these movements. 
They don't use their reflexes in the same way. And that's one of the theories of why cesareans are a risk factor for retained reflexes later in childhood. Theoretically, doing cranial sacral could help all infants, but particularly those born by cesarean or even vacuum or forceps delivery. It can help them to work through some of the physical things that they need to mature and use those reflexes properly. Lastly, an important protective factor is a positive, stable relationship and family life for your child. This goes hand in hand with taking care of your own mental health. Small infants need a caregiver that meets their needs quickly and consistently. I mentioned this in my previous episode about tough dads, but during the first few months after birth, babies basically just have needs, not wants, and they need a caregiver that is pretty hyper-attuned to them. This helps provide security and attachment, which are both important factors in working through the moro, or the infant startle reflex. And ideally, children will have a stable relationship with their parents, and their parents will have a stable relationship with each other. If this is something that you're struggling with as parents, then definitely get some help from a coach or a therapist to help provide a more stable home environment. Now, if this is a topic that interests you and you want to learn more, I highly recommend the book What Babies and Children Really Need by Sally Goddard Blythe. She is one of the founders of the Institute of Neurophysiological Psychology, where I got my postgraduate degree and all of my education on primitive reflexes. And this book takes a very in-depth look at prevention across a lot of different areas. I just briefly touch on them, but she goes into a lot more depth. And lastly, if you have a child that you're concerned about, then please check out my website, earlyrootstherapy.com. I have a screening questionnaire and offer free phone consults to see if there's anything that we can do to help your child. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something helpful. Mm-hmm.